things that are going to happen to you if you are not in Christ Jesus. And so I want to prepare you for that. And we're going to talk about something today that most people don't want to talk about. But I'm going to tell you something. A man of God that I listened to said back in 2018 in a conference on this very type of subject. A couple years ago, he said this. Normal is never going to be normal again. And he had no idea what was going to happen in 2020 and 2021. But normal may not be coming back. But I'm going to tell you what Jesus is. Normal might not be coming back, but Jesus is, and we better get ready for that. Are you ready? Let's pray and prepare our hearts for the Word of God. Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Happy Father's Day. We have many fathers out here in the audience and happy Father's Day to you. But Father in heaven, you are our father, our creator and our life sustainer. You give us life and breath and everything that we need for life and godliness. And so, Father, we praise you. We honor you and exalt you this day as our father. And we thank you for loving us and sending your son, Jesus We thank you for your word, Father. Your word and your Holy Spirit are the two things that sustain the Lord through his temptations. All the way to Calvary's cross and through all of that, it sustained him so that he could be the offering, the Lamb of God. And Father, you left those two things for us. Your word and your Holy Spirit. And I pray at this time, Father... That those gifts that you give to us will cleanse us, open up our hearts and our minds, allow that spirit to allow us to understand things that we're going to talk about. And Father, may our gift back to you this day be worship, be praise, giving you all glory and honor. Thank you for what you're about to reveal to us through your word. And we thank you for your word, for your spirit, and especially for Lord Jesus Christ, your gift. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. Last week, if you remember, I went out on a limb. Towards the end, we've been talking about Joshua, and we got to chapters 10 and 11 last week, and And we got to a bunch of words that was through there. And I told you about a couple of them. Like um, Mount Hermon. And how it's, we said that that's where Jesus, when he said, Who who do men say that I am? He said that thou art Elijah or John the Baptist or one of the prophets. And he said, Who do you say that I am? And Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he said, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I'm going to tell you something, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He was standing at the feet of Mount Hermon. 
It is known as the gates of hell. It, that is where the Hadean realm reveals itself. And that's why he said that right there. And he was making a promise that this place that people fear shall not prevail against my church, against my body. And then it said, oh, we had Miram and we, we had all of the names of these people and they all meant a bunch of things. But one of them was that right outside of here where they chased him to and he, he defeated him at was the place of Mishrimoth or Maim as it was ending. Maim means water and the first part of that long Hebrew word means fire, the waters of fire. I look at that spiritually like the lake of fire. So he was showing revelation was revealed through Joshua that the battle was going to be fierce. That valley that they were in and the valley of Israelin is later known as the valley of Gog and Magog where the battle is Har-Megiddon. Har is the word for hill or mount and Megiddo is the other part, so it's on that hill and that valley that's below that is where that war will be taking place and they will be ended up cast into the lake of fire as soon as that's over. But then it says that they also had to battle against the giants, the gigantes, the, the ones who the Raphaim, as it was called there in that word. And so the Anakim was who it was. It says that they came across the Anakim. And the Anakim, the word for Anakim is long-necked. That means these folks were tall and had long necks and they were very huge. These are the folks, and I don't even know. We're, we're talking today about aliens, UFOs, and the great deception that's getting ready to come. And this is how we got here because it started talking about the giants that were in the land that they were having to defeat. And I got to tell you where the giants came from. But first, I got to lay a foundation for that. So I'm already going to give you the same bat time, same bat channel for next week because this thing's going to carry over, okay? Because. There is so many things swimming within my head that I want to reveal to you through the Word of God and the truth of God that I can't do it in one setting unless you want to be here till midnight. And I could have done that. But we're going to take a couple of weeks. And like I said, I don't know how deep we're going and how far we're going. But you see, if, if you've watched any of the news or even any of the Christian news, they've been talking about UFOs. They've... To try to confuse you and to ease it up, how many of you have heard UAPs now? They've tried to change the word from UFOs to UAPs, unidentified uh, aerial phenomenon. So instead of flying objects, now it's aerial phenomenons. So either way, it's talking about the same thing. And it says that they want to have a disclosure. Six months ago, the president signed an executive order saying, I'm giving you 180 days to put together a paper and hand it to Congress. And we need to get the, instead of covering up everything that's out there, you need to start talking about this. Now, why that edict was given, I don't know. They've been covering up a lot of things since 1947. We'll get to that in a minute. But these UFOs have been around for a while, supposedly. Aliens, we're going to talk about that and what it is. But all of these, it says this month was when the six months is over. They just handed that paper 
of all of that review to Congress, but what I'm hearing is, is that our House of Representatives and our Senate may not be wanting to let all of us know what really is going on. They want to still keep us in the dark a little bit. They wanted to know, but now it's like, well, I don't know if we want to turn this out. Well, my take is the church needs to be prepared and to know what's about to happen before it happens. You don't fight the battle. Joshua didn't wait for them to come to him. He took the battle to them. You've, you've got, we're not going to fight from behind because then it's like they're saying, oh, you're just trying to catch up a little bit. You're trying to make excuses for what we got. No, we're going to put it out on the burner first and then we're going to use that to say, you are wrong. Look at what the Bible says we've already revealed. And I stuck my foot out and I remember, how, I'm going to date myself, how many of you grew up watching a little bit of Laurel and Hardy? <laughs> okay. I always loved it whenever they would get into trouble. And he'd go, Stanley, this is another fine mess you've gotten me into. Oh, I'm sorry, Ollie. I got myself into the fine mess. I ain't got no one else to blame because I said we was going to do it. So you ready? Amen. Let's start getting into it then. Okay. First question. Since NASA and the Pentagon has been said that we got to, they got to start divulging everything that they knew and have been covering up about UFOs. I want to ask you something. What do you think of what, what pictures in your mind happens whenever you say UFO or aliens? What do you think of? Huh? Bad people? Demonic? Good answers so far. <laughs> because what, what Hollywood and what the media and everyone else would have you to think is this kind of stuff, isn't it? They want you to think of like little green men. They want you to not be afraid of them. I mean, some of the scary movies want you afraid of them. But most of them are like E.T. phone home. You know, they, they, they want it to be cuddly. They want to prepare you for accepting this. That this is okay. And that, you know what, they might be from another place, but there's a place for them here. And they, they want to prepare you for that. That's why these disclosures have been coming out. I want you to know something. That the devil and, and the people that he runs. And we're going to get in that in a week or two, okay? Because the devil is active today as he was ever before. And he's always been around. But he runs the movie industry and he runs the media industries. And so he is one who with these things is preparing you for what he wants to have happen. So I think evidently aliens must not have ears because they all have like the smooth little head and, and I'm halfway there with no hair. But most of them have no ears and hair and these big black eyes and all of that and that's the way they picture them. But in little pointy faces and some are green men. And they have these flying saucers. Well, that's not what they are at all. Roswell. Something landed supposedly in, in outside of Roswell in 1947. A rancher found it. And he was looking at the stuff. And he ends up calling a few people. And they come out there. That was in June, I think, 24th, 25th. 
So then some people come out there, but then they send the army out there and some of the Pentagon people begin to go out there. The Pentagon sent this one man out there. His, first of all, on June 24th, a pilot by the name of Kenneth Arnold said he saw nine things that looked like these saucers, like what went under your cup, you know, the saucers. These saucers were flying around him as he was flying his plane, and they all zoomed away. He estimated about 1,200 miles an hour. Wow. You know, nothing was that fast back then in the 1940s. I mean, planes are flying like a couple hundred miles an hour. These things was like six times faster than anything they know. So now the army gets engaged. They sent agents from Roswell to the base on July 7th to, to the ranch to see what they could find. The press release the next day is what you're seeing up there. That press release in the little bitty column under there says July 8th. This is the next day. So that day they were out there with them. The next day this is what was published in the paper at uh, Roswell, New Mexico. The many rumors regarding the flying disc became a reality yesterday when the intelligence office of the 509th Bomb Group of the 8th Air Force at Roswell Army Airfield was fortunate enough to gain possession of a disc through the cooperation of one of the local ranchers and the sheriff's office of Chavez County. So that was the newspaper. We got the stuff. We, we were fortunate enough to see the stuff and receive it. The 509th Bomb Group of the 8th Air Force at Roswell Army Base. That came out and guess what happened? We got to start the propaganda. We got to backpedal. That wasn't supposed to come out. They weren't supposed to have published anything. The paper wasn't. This was supposed to be an army investigation. They're supposed to grab a hold of what it is and tell you what they want you to hear. So, the very next day, the government sent an intelligence officer, was dispatched, and his name was Jesse Marcel. And it was claimed then, after he got there, what he was briefed and told to tell him was, was that the crash was actually a weather balloon. And that the weather balloon had crashed, and that these is just some of the debris. And he had some of it in his hands, and they took a picture of him, and that was supposed to close the case. Nobody talk about it anymore. <laughs> yeah, right. A lot of people had already seen and knew, and so they would not let it go. They said no, so not a chance. But the cover-up and the lies began by the government. 1978, 30 years later, a nuclear physicist named Stanton Friedman, who was also an author and a UFO researcher, happened to come across Officer Marcel in his older age. And now he was ready to tell some things. And he asked him about that discovery and what really happened. Marcel said that what I had was not of this world. And the government had ordered him to stay quiet. He then went, this freedman went and interviewed several other people. And it was told by all of them in a hush-hush thing so that they would not get in trouble that it was a cover-up. 
that the government covered everything up. Now, this is being slow leaked to you and I. And you, you can ask me later about it. But it's from space.com that I'm reading about. Talking about this headline. And this is, this is part of space.com from our people. This is from May 5th, 2021. This was just a month ago. So this is what I am reading you is from space.com. A slow divulgence for us to begin realizing that there is some truth. As soon as this guy wrote his book and started divulging all that, guess what came out that next year? Star Wars, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, all of it started showing some things to begin molding our minds and preparing us for different things and trying to divert us. You know, I, I learned a long time ago that when they think of you and I as little monkeys, and so what, what the people in charge do, here's the facts, but they'll go, oh, look, look at the shiny thing I'm putting out here in front of you. Look, over, don't, don't pay no attention to that. Look over here. So what they do is they give you what they want over here, but they keep everything else quiet over here. So anyone ever used to like to watch the X-Files? <laughs> Had to. I'll have to tell you a little secret about us. Back, back, we lived on Big Hurricane Road, so that was, Nikki was, let's just say it's been a while. We could not wait to get home from church on Sunday night and get some popcorn or get something, turn out all the lights. I got to turn out the lights and turn on X-Files. It was Every Sunday night it was X-Files and going to see what those two have in store. You know why? Because the truth is out there. That's right. The truth is out there. And I'm going to give you a little something else that I used to like to do because my stepdad used to do this to me, and so I got the habit of doing it too. It'd be the lights out, and I wait. And every time it gets something that's scary, I'll go, whoa! <laughs> and do that. And she would just jump, Dad, quit doing that. I do it to Deacon now too all the time. But anyway, I used to watch Sammy Terry, and he'd be sitting over there with his coffee cup and the glass little coaster. And so about the time something was happening on there, that coat, that glass would go down, hit the coaster, and I'd go up. No wonder I'm half crazy. I bumped my head on the ceiling all those times. Anyway, how did we get here with UFOs and all of this disclosure? Like I said, it was Joshua 11 and the waters of Miram that was in verse 7. That means high places. You know what the high places are in the Bible? That's the places where they offered up their sacrifice to Baal and everything. So all of these words had a meaning. They were transliterated, not translated as to what they meant. So whenever you read through all of those and you see proper names of people and places and things, go in and do a little discovery through the dictionary of what those words mean because it will reveal something to you. I'm going to give you some more. I told... Uh, one of them back there this afternoon or this morning before we started, didn't I? I said, Genesis chapter 5 is coming up. Did I miss you? Yeah, Genesis chapter 5 is coming up because I want to tell you what really happens in that genealogy. The Word of God hides things. So, waters of Miriam in verse 7 means high places. 
That's where the prophets of the old would go up there and offer up the sacrifices to the idols and the different things. In verse 8, Joshua of, of that chapter, And the hosts of God chased them to miss Rephthothmeen, the place of the burning water or the lake of fire. In verse 17, they went through Seir, which means Harry and the goat demons. Then up to Baal God, if you're in that chapter. Baal God means Baal means God, and Gad was fortune, the God of fortune. He destroyed him. Then Mount Hermon, the home of the fallen ones, and the gates of hill. hill. And then we came to the Anakim, these giants, and that's how we got here. They took care of all those that was there, but it says that there was a remnant of those giants that was left, and they were over uh, by the coast in Gaza, where the Gaza Strip is. In Gath, you remember who was of Gath? Goliath of Gath, the giant, and Ashdod. So it was in those places that the Anakim remnant stayed all the way until the time of David whenever he began to take care of Goliath and them. And so when, it's came to, when we came to these giants, I had to come to what's going on in the news today and to tell you a little bit about this. About the Anakim, but I thought we got to start at the beginning. I can't just jump in with the Anakim. You know, like I said, it means long-necked. And what happened was in Numbers chapter 13, when the 12 spies went into the land, they saw that indeed the land was very fruitful. That it was just as they said, one of the grapes vines that held on there went from the top. They had to carry it on the shoulder between two men, and it went all the way to the ground. I mean, our grapes today come in little clusters like this. It was indeed fruitful, as the Lord our God had said, but... We saw the giants there. The, the ten gave a bad report and said, This land devours its inhabitants. We were but grasshoppers in our sight, and so were we in their sight. But now the new generation came, and Joshua and Caleb was taking care of these. But, but they were like grasshoppers. Got to tell you another little story. I got I to keep it lightened up here because we're going to get deep in a minute. We were like grasshoppers in their sight. It's how big these guys were compared to them. How many of you had cicadas this last month? Man, my, my back door is about 50 feet from the woods. I'm out there using my little bitty tiller in the garden to try to get rid of some weeds. Now I'm out there, it's about 90. I'm sweating. And guess what starts happening? Cicadas are coming. Now, I got these little, little tiny gloves on that I'm holding on to this so I don't get blisters. But I'm going through there, and you know what starts happening? They start attacking me. These things start flying out and, and sticking on me. And you know what I did? I'd grab them and squish them, throw it down there, step on keep going. Yeah. That probably did it. But if they're like grasshoppers in your sight, man, that, that, that really meant something to me now. Because them grasshoppers, if they tried to attack me, what was I doing? I was grabbing them and just squishing them and throwing them down. And they're, that's why they're scared. They're like, we are like grasshoppers in our sight and theirs. And finally, I had to quit because them little flies started biting too. And that, that really gets to you when they get you back. But anyway... 
This is how we got here with these giants. And I want to expose the truth. There is a truth. The giants, these fierce warriors. Do you believe in UFOs and aliens? No. I do. I do. But not the way the movies and the media has tried to teach us. I want to teach you the truth about aliens and UFOs. You ready? We better start at the beginning. I got to lay a foundation. Where do we start at as a beginning in the Word of God? Huh? No. I knew you were going to say that. Turn in the New Testament to John chapter 1. John chapter 1 slightly precedes Genesis 1. And it's in the New Testament. But John chapter 1 gives you what happens as Genesis 1 is getting ready to unfold, okay? So John chapter 1 says this, and I'm going to to preface this by saying to you that it's important that I go deep on this little section of Scripture. I'm going to go deep, but it's for our good. And what I want you to do, when we study the Word of God, and I'm with all seriousness here, when we study the Word of God, It has to be the utmost authority in your life. The Word of God is true. It is the authority. It is from the highest being that ever lived. And everything else, if it disagrees, is false. So, whatever this Word says is true. And you can bet your life on it. So, what we're getting ready to read is absolute truth. In a beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And in Him was life, and that life was the light of men. Now, here's where we go deep. I want, I want to unpack what that is trying to speak to us. Because when we have this as our foundation of faith, nothing else is going to deceive us and nothing else is going to scare us. And it's serious breakdown of the Word of God on what aliens and all of this stuff is. It's absolute truth. He said that truth is out there on X-Files. Oh, it is. It's right there in that Word of God. That's the truth. Now, yes, I believe in aliens. You know why? Because I know what the definition of an alien is. An alien, the adjective means belonging to a foreign country or a nation. The noun that describes it is a foreigner, not a natural citizen of the country in which they are living. In other words, it is a visitor from a different country than this one. I've got a dear friend that is from Mexico that is right now an alien. He's not a naturalized citizen. He's been here, and his name's Santos, and he's worshipped with us a couple of years ago. Santos, by this definition, is an alien in the United States of America. So I believe in aliens. Yeah. Not only that, though, I also believe in alien life forms 
Because I believe in angels, both fallen and elect and holy. I believe in all of the other living creatures that the Lord our God has made and describes for us in His Word and in the book of Revelation, the ones with four faces and all of the different things. There are living beings that are not from not only the United States of America and no citizenship here, but not of this world. They are from a different realm. So do I believe in their definition of aliens? Absolutely. I believe that there are life forms that are not citizens of the United States of America that could be visiting here at this time. They are from another world and another realm. And the Bible says plenty about them. The Bible is full of references to them. I not only believe, but I am sure that they are not of this earth, but they are here around us and with us. So therefore, I believe in aliens. Now, let's go back to John 1.1, and we're going to get serious. In arche, in logos. In arche, in ho, logos. In beginning was word. Now, ho is the Greek word as the. It's a definite article. It means the. It is not before the word arche, which means a type of a beginning. There was never the beginning. The translators have tried to tell you this. They don't know how else to explain it. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning was the Word. No. Because the Word was God. God is eternal. He had no beginning. So there is, and this is why I'm getting definite with you guys and deep. There is no definite article before Arche or a beginning. Everything that has a beginning is something outside of God. For God had no beginning. He existed before anything ever was. God has always been, so He had no beginning. He is eternal. Everything else has a beginning. So that's why you've got to get definite on this. We have to know He is eternal. He had no beginning. But there are times that things has a beginning. In Genesis 1.1, we talk about this world. We talk about trees on one of the days and animals on one of the days. There are beginnings of things that are created, but God had no beginning. He is eternal. In as a preposition means at or on or by. The sphere of the realm of, it denotes a fixed position. Arche has the idea of the top, the head, the chief. You remember what the head angel is called? The archangel. That's this word just transliterated and not translated. The archangel is the top one of God's chain of command that he's put in there. So in a type of a beginning for something, when anything began... It was by the Word of God. 
there, there was never a time that there was not the, which has the definite article, ho, logos, the word. The word always existed. Now, who's the word? The word is the Lord Jesus Christ. So it represents this point that he created everything. The Godhead in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. There's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And I went off and forgot my egg. Because I wanted to take an egg from one of my chickens. And I hold that up, you would say it's what? Pretend I got one. We're going to pretend. I got an egg, right? If I crack that egg and open it up, what do I have? It's still an egg. If I have the shell, you say it's an egg shell. If I take the yolk, I have the egg yolk. If I have the white part of it, it's the egg whites. When you bake, sometimes they'll say only use the egg yolk or the egg white. I don't recommend using the egg shell in your baking. But all in one, it's an egg. It's contained as one. But when you open it up, there are three distinct parts of that egg. And you call them egg white, egg yolk, and egg shell, but they are all egg and all part of the same one thing. When you open up Godhead, you have God Father, God Son, God the Holy Spirit. We are talking about this right here in this passage as eternal. This Godhead was eternal with three parts of it. And it's trying to let you know that by saying before anything began is what that first two words means. There was the word, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is sovereign and he is God and he is eternal. Boy, we just got through one section. We got a ways to go. Next verse, the next sentence. In the beginning, in before it began, was the Word. Kai, hologos, in pros, ton theon. Yeah, that means, and the Word with God. So in other words, this eternal being that is known as the Word, the Lord Jesus Christ, Kai is and, hologos, the Word, the Word Pros with God, Theon, where you get theology and all of those types of things. So he, that word pros means face to face. That means you can be with someone on the telephone and you're not in the same room or the same state. You can be anywhere. But this word pros means when I went and visited Jeff, we were in the same room face to face. I'm, I'm face to face with you guys. That word pros right here, that's what it means. The Lord Jesus Christ in eternity past is the word. He was face to face with God. That's telling you that there's two distinct beings. You can't be face to face with yourself unless you're looking in a mirror. And he's not looking in the mirror. This is the Lord and he is with God. He is face to face with God. And existed before anything else did. 
And he is standing beside him. Next sentence. Kai Theos in Hologos. I love this one. And the word God. So that settles it. The Lord Jesus Christ was with God. And he is God. Just as an egg has three sections made up as one total thing with three distinct parts. He is God. Next verse. They all share the same essence. Verse 2. He, Jesus, was in eternity past with God face to face. And he was there as things began to be created. All things, verse 3. All things came into being through him. The word through is dia, which means through or by the instrumentality of. Everything that exists, everything, came through the Lord Jesus Christ. His, he is the Word, and the spoken Word brought into being things which were not. He called them as if they were when they weren't, and He spoke them, and they came into being. And I want to repeat this. Underline it in your Bibles if you have it open up, but more importantly, underline it in your heart, in your understanding. All things. It means the whole of everything. All things created through Him, by His instrumentality. The word Himself or Him is auto, where we get autobiography, where you write something about yourself. Auto means self. He Himself created everything that there is. And they all came to be. It's the word genomai. And genomai means something that was not before but is now. It was not before, but it came into being. It's a complete change of something. So in a beginning, there was God because they are eternal and the three of them, and they decided to start creating some things for their own pleasure and for their own things that they wanted. And as they did, it was the Word who started speaking these things into being that were not. And that's what that word means, genomai. It becomes something that wasn't, it had a change of condition. By Him, all things were of His doing. And in Him, there is nothing, it says, that was not created or came into being except that it came through Him. And verse 4, in Him is life. There is no life outside of Him. And that's why I began today when we talked about Ron's dad and what is true. Life comes in Christ. What you are living now is a physical life. But folks, it's the spiritual life that lasts forever. And there's two destinations of that spiritual life that will be forever. And only Eternal life resides in Christ. If you are not in Christ, it will be eternal death with the, in the lake of fire with the devil and his angels. There is 
Nothing made that was not made by him and he is God and he was with God before anything that was ever made and this point of doctrine you must believe fully. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to give you a little clue before I move on as to why I had to be so specific here because I feel it's my belief that as they start trying to reveal these things to you, I know what the book of Revelation says. I know what some of the passages in Corinthians and Second Thessalonians and some of these passages say about what's going to happen. And this one that's going to come is going to, the word of God calls him the Antichrist, but he's wanting to set himself up as God. And set himself up in the temple as God. And he's going to want everyone to worship him. Why did Satan fall? The five I wills that we might study next week. I will be like God. He wants to be worshipped and be like God. And he was so deceptive. That's the whole theme of this. He was so deceptive that a third of even the angels who were in heaven and saw God followed him. So when this man of sin comes, he's going to try to come in sweetness and say, I am God, and you will worship me. And we need to know that he is a created being. There is one Godhead, and before anything was, he created everything, even this thing that is trying to say he is God. And he is going to come with all kinds of signs and lying wonders and miracles. And he is going to try to deceive many. And your theology has to be grounded in the fact that in a beginning before anything was, there was God and the Word. And the Word was with God, the Word was God, and everything else is subjected underneath his authority. He has all power and dominion and rule and anything else is a false God trying to present himself as God. And your theology had better be there because I'm going to tell you, whenever Moses went up on the mountain and was gone for 40 days, they all got antsy, didn't they? And you remember what they said? We don't know what happened to this man. What happened to this man, Moses? What? Anything could have. Aaron, make us a God. He said, well, bring me your gold. Take off your earrings. And they all, he told Moses, I threw it in the fire. Poof, out come a, a cow. Out come this golden calf. But you know what? Whenever that golden calf went poof out of that fire, you know what they said? Behold, Israel, your God, that brought you out of Egypt. If people who saw the plagues who saw the Red Sea part, and a couple months later can be deceived that a golden calf that they put together with their hands is God. What do you think is going to happen when the man of sin comes and starts doing wonders? It says in Revelation that he can give life to the image of the beast and make it talk. Somebody does that and says, I'm God. How many people you think is going to be deceived and on that train? If all of them were deceived of a golden calf and they've already saw who God was that delivered them, but yet they fall off the wagon that quick, humanity is going to be in trouble. So I am telling you right now, your theology has to be the Word is God. 
was with God before anything else and he created everything and he is alone is God and none of this you're going to have to tell your family members and you're going to have to tell your children because they will get caught up in the deception that's about to come in the garden you see he Satan deceived the angels up in heaven even though they was there in the garden. What's the first thing? He came to the woman and she was what? Beguiled. Deceived. He told her a lie, changed one little thing, and was deceived. He was the Nakash. We're going to study him next week too. We're going to study him. But he was an alien. You know that? Nakash is an alien. He's an alien life form that used to be up in the throne room of God and was now cast out and he was here visiting earth in the garden you see the aliens have been here by their terms ever since the beginning and he deceived you know what the Lord said we're going to get there in a minute I'm getting ahead of myself but you know what the Lord said when they asked him what's going to be these signs he said let no man deceive you you know why and he's going to say it three times but you know why because it works. It's worked since the heavenly realm when the angels fell. It worked in the garden. It works today. And it's going to work in the last time when he shows signs and wonders. That's why we have to know the truth and why we're doing this, this study. The Nakash was an alien. Now, he's, he said, God doesn't want you to be like him. His lie was, you need to be like God. God's thing is, don't let me show you what I'm like. <laughs> they found out what God was like. He said, you will be like God. And they found out what God was like. So, the next phase, Revelation 4.11. Look, yeah, I'm here. This is the next one. For by Him... All of this part about what I was saying about in a beginning before anything was the word. For by him, Jesus Christ, all things, same thing that it said in, in John 1, all things were created. Things in heaven, angels, fallen and, and saved, all of them. Things in heaven, things on earth, things that are visible, things that are invisible, Thrones, powers, rulers, authority, all things were created through Him, Dia, and for Him. He is before all things, and His Word holds all things together. So that's the truth that you've got to hang your hat on, and it says it over and over again, so that you don't become deceived by one of these created Things from heaven that can be visible or invisible. I'm not going to say UFO yet. Okay. Because they are bodies of light. And they move at extremely fast paces. In a couple weeks we might be in Job chapter 1. Guess what? God calls a meeting. Satan has to appear. He said, where have you been? He said, I've been down on the earth which is my kingdom. And I've been walking to and fro among it. 
And he said, have you noticed my servant, Job? And he said, yeah, but you've pampered him. You put a protection. No wonder he loves you. Let me have him. You'll see. Well, he gives him realm not on Job, but on his family. Chapter 2, next chapter. God calls another meeting of the angels, the sons of God. I'm going to toss that one out. They come up, and Satan is among the sons of God. And he says, where you been, devil? He said, I've been down on the earth, walking to and fro in my kingdom. Well, did you notice Job? He didn't do that. Oh, yeah, but you didn't let me have him. Let me have him, and they'll see. Here's what I want to tell you. Supposedly, they can look billions and billions of light years away through these telescopes, and they're not seeing anything. Evidently, Satan can go from this earth to wherever God's throne is above those because it says he created the earth and the, the, the next realm of the atmosphere and the heavens and then his is beyond that. An angelic being is so swift that he can be right here on earth and when God calls a meeting billions of light years away at his throne, he can be there. And God can say, did you see my servant Job? Let me have him. He's back down here after him. Next chapter, he's back up there. These cats can move. And if they happen to give you a little bit of their light as they go, because angels, he tries to present himself as an angel of... Okay. All things were made by him through him, but he was before all things. Now, I want you to see the next slide, Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. This scene is a precious scene. Because this is where, after Jesus presented himself to John on that aisle, when he was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, like we are, worshiping God. And Jesus had presented himself to him. He said, write some things. What you've seen, the things which are, and the things that will come after these things. And he writes about the church in chapters 2 and 3 in those seven letters. And then in chapter 4, it begins with the same voice that spoke to me in the beginning. With the voice like the trumpet said unto me. And this window opened up in heaven, in the heavenly realm. And he said, come up here. And I will show you the things that comes after these things. And this is when it begins. And what we have is the throne scene. And around the throne are four and twenty elders. And I believe that's the church. I'll prove that to you. I've already taught it a few years ago. We'll teach it again. But they sat around there and they worshipped him. That was on the throne saying, Worthy art thou, O Lord, to receive the glory and the honor and the power. For thou, what? Created all, how many things? All. all. Thou created all things. So he's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, because that's what these other verses have said. And for thy pleasure they are and were created. Some of them have turned coat. They were created for pleasure, but they turned on him. The rest of the things, like you and I, are still created for his pleasure. So everything, whether heavenly or earthly, was created by Him, for Him, and for His pleasure. And you know what that tells me? And He has authority over Him, so you know what that tells me? 
We don't have to be afraid. There's times I get afraid because I forget that I don't have to be afraid. Because the one that I'm in, I'm going to rephrase this. If you're in Christ, Jesus, our Lord, you don't have to be afraid. If you are not in Christ and have not made that commitment and that decision with your life, you have every reason to be afraid. Sometimes my flesh takes over and I get afraid. But this tells me I have no need to be afraid because the one in whom I am in created everything and he has rule over all of those things and all of these things ain't are the planet so he that's going to come is going to try to deceive you away from these things don't believe the deceiver and the lies believe the word of God on what it says I don't know whether it's this deception and these ages is coming today, next week, a hundred years from now. I just know I need to prepare you and I for it if it happens to come now. And God provided it all in his word for what we're going to look for. Jesus was asked by his disciples even a three-pronged question, Matthew 24 on the Olivet Discourse. Tell us, when shall these things be? What is the sign of your coming and It's not the end of the world, but the actual thing is the consummation of this age. Because right now we are in, they were in the age of Israel. We are in the church age. The age as it's called also in the Bible, the age of the Gentiles. Just like Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentiles until the end of the age of the Gentiles. So we are in a church age era, which is also called the age of the Gentiles. Verse 4, answering them, the Lord said this, Take heed. The word for take heed is the word blepo. Blip. Blip. Where do you hear blips at? What do they call blips on radar, on the Navy radar screens, wasn't it? Miss Jenny was in the Navy and loyally served our country. Blip. So when he says take heed, you're watching for something. You're watching for what he's getting ready to tell you. And when those blips come up on the radar, you'd better be fastened in and focused on them and get ready. I want you to take heed. I want you to look for the blips on the radar and keep your eyes on it for the true signs so that you're not deceived by them. Keeping watch so that what? No man deceive you that's the first thing he said to him keep watch a close watch on what I'm telling you that you are not deceived because like sheep we are easily gone astray and that's why we're called sheep all through there because we're so easily distracted by that things because when it so that you're not deceived the word deceived means to be seduced to be tempted but also to just Go astray. We like sheep have all gone astray. It means you get to minding your own business and doing life. And the next thing you know when you look up and you're surrounded in a place that you shouldn't be. So don't be seduced. Verse 5. Many will be deceived, seduced, misled, and caused to wander. Verse 11. 
Many false prophets will mislead. That means there will be people who say, As I am telling you the word of God, I am telling you these false prophets who will be trying to say that these people are like the gods and seeded this planet with life and that they are coming back now because they're disappointed in us and the way we've been treating this planet. And look at your smog and pollution. And look at. So they're coming back to straighten this out. And they are your gods, O Israel, that, that actually caused you to be here. Do not be deceived because. In Revelation, it tells you that the two beasts that comes together is government entities with religious entities. And both of them are going to come together as one to deceive you. Do not be deceived even by those ministers who say that they are angels of light but are false, pseudo, like the Antichrists are. And they are here to lead you through these things into deception just as UFO disclosures and what aliens was. And to tell you about the religious side of this. I'm going to give you a quote from a former president. Just here recently. And it's from different news agencies. Because I don't want to appear that I support one over the other. Because I don't. I've always told you. I support what's true. I don't support political entities unless they stand for the truth i don't support news media places unless they stand for the truth because that's all that really matters now i looked at yahoo nbc independent from uh the independent channel from the uk even on this president obama was visiting on the Ezra Klein show here recently and asked about this UFO disclosure and about all of the things. He has been briefed. He was in the office. He knows. Here is what he told on the Ezra Klein show. That all of this, if there are these people from another world or these alien entities, it will not change my political views and agenda because I already believe that I'm just a little speck on a planet that is going through space. But I do believe that many new religions will be formed and many new beliefs because of what will be revealed. So in other words, they want you to worship them. And that's what it's all about. And that's why the church has to know the truth. That's why we have to be out in front of this so that we're not going to be deceived in any way so that like in Moses' day with that calf, they fall off the boat onto that with when they start talking about these sightings. I mean, every day I'm seeing these pictures and these movies from people showing the, the, from the army and from pilots of these things. Don't be deceived. By what is going to be revealed. Base your knowledge upon this truth of the word of God. He made all things for him. And was before all things. And he stands in authority. Above all things does the Lord Jesus Christ. Before we get ready to close. The last thing I want to say. As we get ready to, to focus into next week. Is this. Gamaliel told the 
the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Sanhedrin, when they arrested Peter and John, when he healed the man that was at the gate called Beautiful, and he's, he, he wanted alms, he wouldn't even look at him, but Peter stopped, and he reached out his hand, and he said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give unto thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, arise and walked, and he grabbed him by the right hand, and the man began leaping. These people that had crucified the Lord Jesus Christ now arrested them and brought them up and said, How did you do it by the Lord Jesus that you crucified? Do not speak in this man's name any longer. And he said, I don't know about you, but we must obey God rather than men. And, and that's where you take your stand on things. We follow things until it goes against what God said. And then it, we must obey God rather than men. And then they, they took a special counsel. What do we need to do with these guys? And Gamaliel came to him. And he was a wise man. And Gamaliel said this. If this thing is not of God, it will pass away. And he gave him a couple examples of rebellions and stuff. And he says, if it's not of God, it will, it will go away on its own. Don't worry about it. But if it is of God, you're fighting against God. So what I've got to say is this. I don't know what's going to happen. But when it begins happening, it's probably going to be of God. Because we've read the end of the book and know these things are coming, right? The only thing he says for us is to be prepared because we ain't going to stop it. I don't want to be in it and I pray all the time that it ain't coming now and I pray that my family and my grandchild and, and the, them after that's going to have a wonderful life like what we've grown up in and that this thing does not happen or turn around. But if this is the time and if it is of God, we can't stop it. But we got to know what's coming and be ready and be in Christ. So as our worship team comes up next week, man, like I said, my head's swimming. I got so much to tell you guys. You won't believe what's in, in Genesis, what's in some of the other books, what's in Revelation, what's in 2 Thessalonians. I'm wanting to go there. I don't know where he's going to lead as of yet. But we're going to go and we're going to learn about deception though and we're going to learn about the angels the unholy angels the fallen angels how they came into being how they fell how deception works genesis 1 genesis 3 cain and abel in genesis 4 was a deception you look in the new testament the commentary there says in the new testament that the devil deceived and motivated Cain to slay his brother Abel. That's an alien entity influencing the actions of a human being and deceiving them into something. The genealogy in Genesis chapter 5. Did you know that there's a prophecy of God right there in that, in that one? Hopefully we'll get to it. The days of Noah... Where the giants came from and what went on with them. And why is that important? The Lord Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of God. So we ought to know about these things. The Lord's discourses in Luke 21 and Matthew 24. Revelation. Aliens are all through the Bible. Everywhere. 
UFOs. Well, I know a couple of times where golden chariots came down and picked up someone like Elijah. I know a time when Elisha was standing there with Gehazi and he's, they're surrounded by an army and he said, what are we going to do? And Elisha said, what are you afraid of? That's, that's what we got to keep convincing ourselves. What are you afraid of? And he said, look. He goes, well, there's more with us than are against us. And he said, what? And he said, Lord, open his eyes. And it says, heaven opened. And he saw the chariots of God all lit up. We don't actually know, but the Bible is filled to the brim from one end to the other with these descriptions. They are real. He uses them to deceive. The Lord Jesus Christ said, I created it all. Have no fear, but be in me. So we're going to talk and touch about these subjects so that we are informed to not be deceived. And dear souls, you must be in Christ. And this last slide up here says it all. If you are not in Christ, I want you to look at those words. Romans chapter 6. Know ye not that as many of you as were baptized into Christ. How did you get there? By faith. You said, I believe that he is the son of God. I believe in the death, burial, and the resurrection. And so I am going to say in my faith, I'm going to do what he actually asked me to do in Matthew 28 and in Mark 16. In both places, Jesus said before he left to be baptized in my name, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and then to continue walking with me. That puts you in Christ. That's where the blessings are and that is where life is. Your faith through that action of belief. 2 Corinthians 5. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, you are a new creature and the old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I can't wait to share with you something else from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I don't know I may have shared it one other time, but I can't remember now. Yeah, I may have. But in 2 Corinthians 5, whenever it talks about how that our body is yearning to leave, to be in, that this tent that our soul is housed in is yearning to be uncovered. It says, not to be just because we want to wander around as a naked soul, but because we want to be covered again with that resurrection body that's going to come in the heavenly realm. We want to be unclothed from this tent to be able to be moved into that tent. That word and analogy is only used one other time in the Bible. Book of Jude. It's one chapter. When the angels in the days of Noah did not stay in their first estate, but left their habitation. And that word habitation is only used twice. And the other time it's used in 2 Corinthians 5 when we want to be unhoused, our spirit and our soul, from this habitation to the next one. They reversed it. They saw the daughters of men and they unhoused Kept not their first estate where they were supposed to be. They left somehow their habitation of that body that they were in. And became into a different one to go in unto the sons of, or the daughters of men. Boy, I got some things to share with you. 
Romans 8.1, another reason why you want to be in Christ if you are not this day. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. If you are in Christ, no condemnation. That means the devil, the accuser, has nothing against you. In Galatians 3, we become children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many as you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. That means when I did that in faith, I'm not only in Christ... I put on my Christ. He is my habitation now as a part of me. He is within me along with his Holy Spirit. And therefore, as it says, he that is with me and in me is greater than anything that he has created. So that's why you need to do that. Oh, I can't wait. Father, again, happy Father's Day and may our worship Truly be acceptable unto you. And Father, we thank you for your holy and divine word. And I pray, I just pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit that is within those who are in Christ has opened up their understanding to see how important it is to know that Jesus Christ was in Archeologos, the one who before time created everything and that he is God and that he was with God face to face and all things became after that were created by him and so we have nothing to fear because everything is pre-planned and pre-ordained by your divine decrees and so father we may not be comfortable we may have all kinds of trouble and opposition the one thing we know for sure of it's real. Your word is real. The heavenly realm is real. Your promises are real. And we ask that they become more real to us than life itself. And that, Father, you would help us to understand your word so that none of us are deceived. And we thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.